Hello, welcome to The Wire Podcast, a podcast that provides the best content about all things sports. I'm Ryan McCreary, and on today's episode, I want to talk about the first week of the NBA season. On the last episode, I broke down the first two games that we saw on opening night last Tuesday, and today I want to start by talking about Luka Doncic, who has had an incredible start to the season. His first two games were really, really impressive. I also want to talk about Damian Lillard, his debut with the Milwaukee Bucks, and what his addition to the team means for the Bucks moving forward. I also want to talk about the Detroit Pistons, who, in my opinion, are one of the more interesting teams in the league at the moment. They have a really nice group of young players on their roster, and I want to talk about how those young players have performed this season. After that, I want to talk about the Chicago Bulls, who are also a really interesting team, but really for all the wrong reasons. They've had a very underwhelming start to the season, and I want to talk about why that is. And then to close out this episode of the podcast, I want to talk about the rookies and talk about a few players who were drafted in this year's draft. And I just want to talk about how they have performed so far this season. I know it's early in their career, so I'm not going to be making any major statements about their careers just yet. But I do want to talk about some of the rookies and how they are playing right now. That's what I have for us today on this episode. I hope y'all are excited. I know I am. And let's go ahead and dive right in. All right, let's get started by talking about Luka Doncic, who has been ridiculous to start the season. Um, right now, he's only played two games, so very small sample, but two games into the season, he is averaging 41 points, 11.5 rebounds, 8.5 assists per game, and he's shooting 58% from the field. He's been great, and the Mavericks are 2-0 uh, with wins over the Spurs and the Nets. And I remember after last season, which was a pretty rough year for the Mavericks, they missed the playoffs, even after trading for Kyrie Irving at the trade deadline. They had a really rough second half of the season. They missed the playoffs. And after that, people were pretty down on Luka. I I heard a lot of criticisms of him. Um, A lot of people were dropping him in their rankings of the best players in the NBA. And me personally, I didn't understand it. I thought he was awesome. I mean, I I thought for a long time that he is one of the best players in the league. I mean, I have been beating the Luka Doncic drum for a while now, saying that he is a clear top five player in the league and a future all-time great talent. I mean, I am very high on Luka. There are not many people who are higher on Luka Doncic than I am. So it's been great for me to see Luka playing so well this year. And I'm not surprised. I mean, he's been doing these kind of things for a while now. This is just what he does. Obviously, he's probably not going to average 40 points for the entire season. But I have been really impressed with what I've seen from him so far this season. I think this might just be the year where he really breaks out um, and, you know, plays at an MVP level. And it wouldn't surprise me whatsoever if he finally wins the MVP this year. I think that it's, it's inevitable, in my opinion, that he is going to win an MVP one day. I mean, the start to his career has been so good that it just seems like it's going to happen for him at some point. And if he can play well enough this year, it can very well happen. Um, I do worry about the Mavericks and how good they can be throughout the season and whether or not they can be much better than they were last year. I do think that they can make the playoffs as a top six seed in the Western Conference. But in my opinion, the roster isn't amazing. 
Obviously, I like the roster more now that they have Kyrie Irving, but still, overall, it's not the strongest roster in the world. I do think that the team record won't be great, no matter how well Luka plays. And maybe he plays so well that they do end up having like a top four seed in the Western Conference. And in that situation, he's probably going to win the MVP. I just, I'm not sure that's going to happen, um, but yeah, Luke is great. I think he's going to be in MVP conversations this year, and I definitely think that now that he's had such a great start to the season, um, and it'll be really interesting to see how good the Mavericks are this year. I think they're going to have an elite offense. I mean, that's always, you know, a possibility with Luke and Dodgic as their point guard, as their primary ball handler. Um, and I'm real. I've been really interested um, in the performance of Derek Lively. I want to talk about him more later when I talk about the rookies. But he is a rookie center for the Mavericks, and he has had a great start to the season. He's been awesome. Uh, the team had a big win um, on the opening night or the first night where all the teams were playing when they played Victor Wembanyama in the Spurs. Um, they had a, a big night then, and in, in that game, Luca um, himself had a 33-point triple-double. He had 33 points, 13 rebounds, 10 assists, was phenomenal. Also had two steals, um, shot 13 of 25 from the field. And then he had an even better performance um, against the Nets a few nights later, uh, a game in which he had 49 points, 10 rebounds, 7 assists, shot uh, 16 for 25 from the field, and 9 for 14 from three-point range. Just two phenomenal performances from him so far. So yeah, Luke has been great. It's been a lot of fun watching him play, um, and, and I hope that he can continue playing at a very high level. Obviously, this isn't sustainable, I don't think, um, so he's probably not going to be performing at this level uh, throughout the season, but um, I do think that he can play at a very high level and become a very strong MVP caliber player. I think that is in the cards. But yeah, I've lo I've loved what I've seen what I've seen from Luka Doncic so far, and I think he has been amazing. Now let's go ahead and talk about Damian Lillard, who is now a Milwaukee Buck after that huge trade that happened in the offseason. I actually talked about that on this podcast, and I was very high on that trade. Very, very high. I loved it for the Bucks. I thought getting Damian Lillard was a huge move. I think it was something that they needed to do. Getting a, a ball handler, a point guard like Damian Lillard, who can really carry the offense in half-court settings, who is a, an elite shooter, an elite scorer, someone who can, who can score from all three levels of the court. I think that's something that they have been missing the last couple of years. And I think that not having that has really hurt them in the playoffs when things get tighter, when you're playing like some of the best defenses in the league, when, oppo when opposing defenses are tighter um, and just harder to face than they are in the regular season. Not having a guy like Lillard has really hurt them. Um, and so now that they have Lillard, it really changes their offense. And before I get into like you know, how it changes their offense. I do want to talk about um, their first game of the season versus the Philadelphia 76ers, which was last Thursday, a game in which they won 118-117. to 117. 
it was an awesome game. I was watching it. I was actually uh, working at a local radio station, um, helping out with a softball game, some softball coverage, and I was watching this game, and it was back and forth. I mean, the Bucks were pretty dominant in the first half, and they got out to a big lead early in this game, but the 76ers were able to come back, make it a close game, but the Bucks were able to come back, or, or were able to close out the game um, and come out with a victory, and Damian Lillard was awesome in this game. He was really impressive. He had 39 points, 8 rebounds, 4 assists, um, shot 9 for 20 from the field, and 4 for 12 from 3-point range. Not the most efficient night of all time, but he looked really good in the Bucks' offense. Um, and it was a nice debut for him in Milwaukee. And I think that his addition to the, to the team changes everything for Milwaukee. Obviously, losing Drew Holiday really stinks, and it is going to hurt their defense. I mean, that's just a fact. Going from having Drew Holiday to Damian Lillard, I mean, that is a bit, that, that makes the offense way better, but it also makes the defense a lot worse. And so, I understood why people had concerns about this trade and what it meant for their defense. But in my opinion, I think that that the improvements this trade makes for their offense was worth it. I mean, Drew Holiday has just not been a great offensive player in the playoffs in the last couple of years. Go look at his numbers. His numbers get a lot worse in the playoffs, or at least they have the last couple of seasons. Um, and his defense hasn't been amazing, or at least it wasn't amazing in the playoffs last year. I mean, against the Heat, he was going through uh, Jimmy Butler a good bit, and Jimmy Butler was amazing versus the Bucks. So his point of attack defense wasn't a huge factor in the playoffs last year. So I'm just not sure that, that you know, losing Drew Holiday was enough to, you know, not do this trade, not bring in Damian Lillard. I think losing um, Drew Holiday does you know, hurt the team in, in some respect, in some areas, but um, Damian Lillard provides something that this team hasn't had since they drafted Giannis and since Giannis has become a superstar, and it's something that they desperately needed. Um, another thing I wanted to talk about in regards to this game against the 76ers actually has nothing to do with the Bucks. I wanted to talk about Tyrese Maxey a little bit. He had a really strong performance in the season opener against the Bucks. He had 31 points, 8 rebounds, 4 assists. He looked really good. And James Harden wasn't playing in this game because he's not, you know, a part of the team right now. He's been away from the 76ers because he requested a trade a few months ago, and he doesn't want to be in Philadelphia. And there were there was a report that he actually went back to Philadelphia and was prepared to be with the team and was prepared to travel with them as they traveled to Milwaukee. But apparently, the team asked him not to come, which is really interesting. So he was not with the team in this game, and so Tyrese Maxey kind of took over as their primary ball handler in this game, and he looked really good. I was really impressed with his ball handling. Um, his scoring was awesome. He was able to get to the rim. Um, he was shooting off the dribble a lot. It was really impressive, so I thought that was awesome, and that was worth pointing out. Um, Joel Embiid, was good, not amazing in the season opener. Um, I, I thought that Tyrese Maxey was just incredible. And also, you got a really nice performance from Kelly Oubre Jr., someone they added in the offseason. He had 27 points in this game, shot 9 for 11 from the field, and 5 for 6 from three-point range. 
he was great in this game. Uh, but yeah, so I wanted to take a second to to give a shout out to those guys. I thought those guys played really well, and I'm really interested to see what Tyrese Maxey looks like this season. I mean, he has been one of the more underrated young players in the league in the last couple of seasons. Last year, he was great. He had a really strong season. I remember looking at um, some numbers from some of the younger players in the league, looking at their EPM, their estimated plus minus, just just to kind of get get a quick picture of who some of the better young players in the league are. And I was looking at the EPM of guys who were 22 years old and younger, um, I think like 20 to 1 or 22. And mainly I was looking at that to see how good Jaden McDaniels was because I was looking at those numbers after he signed his big extension. And Tyrese Maxey, I think, led the league in EPM among players who were 21 or 22 years old. He was His EPM was higher than guys like Franz Wagner, who was someone that a lot of people love a lot, someone who's gotten a lot of hype over the last year. So I'm really interested to see what Tyrese Maxey looks like this season, the caliber of season that he's about to have, because I think he is about to have a breakout season. Um, I think he could be like a borderline all-star, maybe a sub-all-star caliber player, especially if James Harden isn't a member of the 76ers for the entire year. That's my thought. Um, I know that's a little off-topic here, but yeah, I'm a big fan of Tyrese Maxey. I think he's a good shooter, has the potential to develop into a good scorer. Um, his passing was really good in this game. I mean, he had eight assists, and I don't think he had a turnover, which which is really impressive. Actually, yeah, he didn't have a single turnover, um, which is really impressive from a young guy like him. Yeah, big fan of Tyrese Maxey here, so hopefully he has a big year and potentially develops into like an all-star caliber player. Um, like I said, a little off topic, uh, but yeah, so those are my thoughts on Damian Lillard's debut with the Bucks um, and the impact I think he's going, going to have on the team. Um, it'll be really interesting to see how the team develops moving forward because it's going to take some time for the Bucks offense to kind of figure out the groove of having a guy like Damian Lillard playing alongside Giannis because Giannis just hasn't had a point guard like Damian Lillard. So it may take some time for them to get used to playing with each other. But once they do, I think that duo is going to be awesome. I think it's going to be amazing. It's going to be really hard to stop. And I think this makes them, I think this pairing of Damian Lillard and Giannis Antetokounmpo makes the Bucks really, really difficult to face in the playoffs. And I can't wait to see them in, in the postseason. They're going to be a lot of fun to watch. And I think that they are one of the favorites to win the championship this year. Before I, get in, before I move on to my next topic, I'm going to take a quick break and I will be right back. I want to take a second to thank you for checking out my podcast. I hope you're enjoying it. If you're watching on YouTube, I would love it if you would like the video and subscribe so you never miss an upload. And if you're listening to it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or whatever service you use to listen to podcasts, I would greatly appreciate it if you would leave a review. All of that would help me out a lot. Once again, I thank you for checking out my podcast, and let's go ahead and get back to the show. All right, I'm back. Now we can go ahead and dive into the Detroit Pistons, who, like I said at the beginning, 
in my opinion, they're one of the more interesting teams in the league. And a big reason why I think this is because they have so many young players on their team, and they are playing really, really well at the moment. Right now, they are 2-1. and one. They played three games the first week of the season, um, one, two of them. And I have been really impressed with the way their young players are playing. And the first guy I got to talk about when I talk about the Pistons is, of course, everyone's favorite player, Cade Cunningham. And he looks like he is ready to take a leap. He, he looked really good the first week of the season. I was really impressed with him. I, I watched his game against the Heat, and I thought he was awesome in the season opener. In that game, he had, I believe, 31 points. Let me go ahead and look. I'm pulling up his game log here real quick. In that game, he had 30 points and 9 assists, 3 rebounds, 1 steal, um, shot 13 for 27 from the field, and 4 for 9 from 3-point range. He was great in that game. Looked really comfortable as the primary ball handler. He was aggressive as a scorer. His passing was awesome. And I, I, I just think that he looks ready to take that next step. He's not perfect. He hasn't been perfect this year. Um, he still isn't a great finisher yet. Um, but the shooting looks a lot better than it did a year ago, or really during his first two seasons. Um, he has developed into a really nice passer. I mean, his passing, his passing productivity is you know inching towards elite territory at the moment, um, and that's awesome to see. I mean, I've been waiting for Cade Cunningham to kind of explode, um, and it looks like that might be happening this year. He's been really impressive to start the year. I, I hope it continues. I hope he, you know, develops into a really nice finisher. I think he can because, you know, he's 6'7". He's a big guy. He's strong. He can get to the basket. He got to the basket a lot against the Heat. If he can continue doing that and his, you know, field goal percentage at the rim uh, gets better, I think we're looking at a guy who might just be a top 50 player sooner rather than later. So, I've been really impressed with Kate Cunningham. I didn't even mention his defense yet, which is also one of his better um, one of his better traits. He's a really strong defender, um, and I think that's another great quality of his that will help him develop into a top fifty caliber player. And can he reach that level this year? And yeah, I think so. Um, I think it will it will require him to continue shooting the ball well from the perimeter and getting better at attacking the basket, but. Yeah, like a guy who can score from all three levels of the court, who is a great passer and a great defender, like that mold of player is a top 10 guy in the league at some point. And obviously, Kane Cunningham is not there yet, but I do think he can get there. And I think that he can be a Jason Tatum caliber player. Um, I know a lot of people kind of made that comp when he was coming out of the draft, and I think that is in the cards. I think I definitely think that it, that is in the cards for him. Um, I know that the advanced numbers haven't loved him so far, and I'm a stat nerd, so you know I do care about that. But yeah, he's been good this year. I, I think the film's been great. Um, I've I've really enjoyed watching him play, and I hope that he continues to develop because. He is so talented, and I think that he has the potential to be one of the best players in the league one day, um, and, and I've been really impressed with his performance so far. Another player that I wanted to talk about uh, on the Pistons is Jalen Duran, who has been awesome to start the year. I mean, he 
has been ridiculous. And I'm actually, I actually wrote an article. Um, I actually just finished it today. Um, I'm not sure if it's been published yet, but I wrote about the Detroit Pistons um, and three of their young players that I've been impressed with so far. Wrote about Kate Cunningham. I also wrote about Jalen Duran. And dude, Jalen Duran is balling out this year. It's only been three games. I know that, but man. He is averaging 18 points, 15 rebounds, and 4 assists per game while shooting 80% from the field. He's also averaging around 3 blocks per game, which is absolutely ridiculous. It's only been 3 games. I'll say it again. It's a small sample size. But, dude, those numbers are ridiculous. That's incredible. And it's way better than his production from last season. Last year, he averaged around 10 points, 9 rebounds, 1 assist per game, um, around a block, uh, played just 25 minutes per game, and shot uh, 66% from the field. This year, he's playing more. Um, and during the first three games of the season, he has just played so much better in like all these areas of the game, rebounding, shot blocking, scoring, passing. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. Um, and you know, coming out of the draft, something that I, that I noticed about him when he was at Memphis was that he could shoot the ball from mid range a little bit. And we haven't seen that from him so far during his NBA career, but if he can develop that part of his game, Watch out. We could be looking at one of the best centers in the league one day. And he's only 20 years old. He's super young. Um, yeah, I love Jalen Durant. I think that he has been awesome this year. If he can continue to perform at this level, like he might just be a sub-all-star, all-star, maybe an all-star this year. I mean, those numbers are ridiculous. Um, and yeah, I can't wait to see what he looks like moving forward. I've loved what, I, what I've seen from him. And like Cade, he hasn't been perfect. He has turn, turned them all over at a pretty high rate this year. And we haven't really seen him shoot them all much. Um, but man, like he, he has shown a lot already this season. Um, and it looks like he is he is ready to take a big step. And it looks like he has taken a leap. And that's great to see. One other guy that I wanted to talk about um, with the Pistons is Asor Thompson, the rookie they've drafted this year. Um, and I don't know if y'all remember, but a few years ago, um, there was, you know, a lot of people in the basketball community liked, like, there was this idea within the community that if you wanted to see whether or not someone knew a lot about basketball, you could ask them, how good is Draymond Green? And their answer would tell you a lot about whether or not they knew the game of basketball at a high level. Um, and now that Draymond Green is kind of past his prime a little bit, we need someone else who can fill that role, who can, you know, kind of be a litmus test for people's basketball knowledge, whether or not they truly know ball. And I think Asor Thompson is a great candidate for that position because his box score numbers in some areas are not great, especially when you look at his points per game. And let me go ahead and pull up his numbers for this year. Let me find him. Um, so right now, he is averaging just six points per game, and he is shooting a measly 26.1% from the field. And just looking at that, like that's bad. And a lot of people, a lot of fans will look at that and say, wow, he's really struggling. And I get that. I mean, he has not been great as a scorer. I think that is just obvious. I think that's objectively true. But look at these numbers. 
He's not been productive as a scorer, but he is averaging 11 rebounds per game, 5 assists per game, just 2 turnovers per game, um, and he is shooting, and, and he's averaging uh, 2 blocks per game, um, he's shooting 75% from the free throw line, obviously he's not shooting well from the field, but he has been really productive in virtually every area outside of his scoring. He's rebounding extremely well for a guy who is a guard slash wing. Um, the passing has been good. He's limiting turnovers. Um, he's blocking shots at a ridiculously high rate. It's crazy. I think the numbers are good. And his BPM, like his, his like catch-all metrics are good. Um, his box plus minus is negative, but it's not terrible, which is not what you'd expect from someone who is not scoring at a high volume or, you know, scoring efficiently. And a big reason why his impact metrics aren't terrible right now is because he's been super productive in all these other areas. I mean, he's rebounding well. The passing has been awesome. He's cutting. He's been good as a cutter. Um, his defense has been mwah, chef's kiss. It's been awesome. So I've loved what I've seen from a Silver Thompson. Um, and I think that he has been just out of this world good to start the year. If his scoring develops and, and, and improves this year, we can be looking at a really awesome player at the end of the year. I've loved what I've seen from him. I've loved what I've seen from all these guys. And I think that the Detroit Pistons could be one of the more interesting teams in the league this year. I've loved watching them play. Um, and I've loved watching their young core. Now, I want to go ahead and talk about the Chicago Bulls and Bulls fans. I'm sorry, it's going to be rough. So if you, I'm just a trigger warning for Bulls fans. If you don't want to hear me, you know, talk about how bad of a season it's been for you guys, you might want to turn off the podcast. I don't want you to, but I understand. I get it. It's been a rough year and now we can get into why. So um, it's been a weird year for the Bulls fans starting out. And the first game of the season, they played, I believe they played, then they played the Thunder. That's right. They played the Thunder on opening night, lost 124 to 104. It was a rough night. And after the game, they had a players only meeting in the locker room. Wow. Just broke my desk here. They had a players only meeting in the locker room, which is unheard of after the first game. That's crazy. That should not happen whatsoever. Um, and I, I remember seeing that report after the game, and I was like, what? Like, they had a players-only meeting after just the first game of the season? That's crazy. Like, that never happens. Um, and then things got worse for them because two games later, they played the Pistons. They did get a win against the Raptors in their second game, which is great. But then in their third game of the season, they played the Pistons, had an awesome performance from Zach Levine, who had 51 points in that game. Was He was awesome. Um, but they still lost by 16 points, and they scored only 102 points, which is terrible. I mean, I don't know how that happens when your best player scores 50-plus points, and you still lose by over 15 points. When that happens, it might be time to pack it up, like... That is, like, that might be a sign that your season is about to be ugly. And I don't know what the Bulls are supposed to do because they don't have a lot of great players 
I mean, I like Zach Levine. I think DeMar DeRozan is solid. Um, when Vucevic is at his best, he's a solid player. But they got a lot of a lot of players on not great contracts. Um, and there's been rumors for a long time that they might trade Zach Levine. Um, you know, they have Patrick Williams, who they didn't give a contract extension. Um, they got Kobe White. Uh, Dalen Terry, who has been a disaster, which sucks because I loved him during the draft. Like, I thought that that was an awesome pick when they took him last year. Um, they got Andre Drummond, uh, Alex Caruso, who's good, Ayo Desunu, who's good, who's like a solid player. But this is just a team that's in a really weird spot, and I don't know what they're going to do moving forward. It's been a rocky start to the season. Um, you know, w- whenever you have a players-only meeting after the first game, that's not a great sign. And then you go out and you lose two games later, a game in which your best player scores 50 points, which was actually a career high. I didn't mention that. That was a career high for uh, for Zach Levine, which is awesome. Shout out to him. But still, the Bulls lost. And yeah. It's just the Bulls are in a weird spot, man. I don't know. I don't know what to make of them. Uh, they should be a lot better than they are. I mean, this is a talented roster. Just looking at the names, like this is a, a talented roster. They should be better than they are. I don't know if it's coaching. I don't know what it is, but they've got to get it together, and they've got to get it together quickly, or this could be another poor season for them. They should be in the playoff hunt, but after the first three games. I don't know if that's going to happen, and I would not be surprised if at the trade deadline, they decide, to move, they decide to move some people. I think that is a possibility, but yeah, it's been a rough start to the year for, for the Chicago Bulls. Hopefully, uh, hopefully, they're able to you know bounce back, um, you know have a strong rest of the season, and, and are able to make it into the playoffs, but I'm a little bit pessimistic at the moment, if you cannot tell. Before I close out the podcast, I'm going to take one last break, and then we're going to get into some rookies. So I'll take a break, and I will be back in just a second. I want to take a second to thank you for checking out my podcast. I hope you're enjoying it. If you're watching on YouTube, I would love it if you would like the video and subscribe so you never miss an upload. And if you're listening to it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or whatever service you use to listen to podcasts, I would greatly appreciate it if you would leave a review. All of that would help me out a lot. Once again, I thank you for checking out my podcast, and let's go ahead and get back to the show. All right, it's time to close out the podcast, and for this, we're going to talk about the rookies, and I'm not going to talk about like a lot of guys here. I'm going to talk about a handful of dudes who I think are interesting. A lot of them are the top guys in the class, and I want to talk about how these guys have performed uh, three or about you know three games or so into the season. And we got to start out with you know you know who we got to start out with. We got to start out by talking about Victor Wembanyama, who's had a pretty strong start to the season. Um, I watched his debut last week, and it was impressive. And what I've been most impressed with him is his versatility. I mean, you don't normally see a guy this size have the ball handling ability, the fluidity, you know, the perimeter shooting that he has. Um, He's been playing a lot on the perimeter this year, which I don't love, to be honest. But to see him, you know, pull up from three-point range, shooting the ball fairly well for a guy his size and age has been really impressive. Um, I think his defense is really good. His rim protection is just phenomenal. The range he has on defense is crazy. Um, And watching him, I think it's clear that he has, you know, 
like defensive player of the year upside as a defender. He's just ridiculous on the end of the floor. Um, and the numbers have been pretty good. He's averaging 16 points, seven rebounds, two assists, and, um, you know, two blocks, two steals per game while shooting around 45% from the field. He hasn't been super efficient, and I think a, a big reason why is because he is playing on the perimeter a lot, um, a lot more than your average 7-4 center, um, which I kind of hate. I wish the Spurs would use him differently offensively, give him more post touches, use him as a lob threat a little more often. But still, I think, you know, your rookies aren't always going to be efficient. I think it's more like usually your rookies are pretty inefficient right off the bat. Um, so I'm not really worried about him and that department um, long term because I still think he's been really impressive on both ends of the floor. Um, and I just can't I can't wait to continue watching him. He's been great. He's a freak. Like that's that's like the best way to describe him. He's like an alien. Like we've never seen anything like him. We've never seen another player in the history of the sport uh, play the game like he does. Like a player his size does. It's crazy. He's insane. Um, and I've thoroughly enjoyed watching him. Now I want to talk about Brandon Miller. Um, who's had like a really, a really solid start. Um, I feel like not a lot of people are talking about how great he's playing. I've seen a few people on Twitter be like, Hey, you know, check out Brandon Miller. He's been pretty good. Um, and he has, he's averaging 15 points, five rebounds, two assists. Um, also averaging around, um, you know, one stock, which is a steal and block combined per game. Um, and his shooting numbers are pretty good. He's shooting around 50% from the field, 45.5% from three-point line, um, and 75% from the free-throw line. He's been really good, really efficient. The numbers are good. Um, I'm trying to remember if he had a, a positive BPM or not, which is kind of rare for a rookie. Usually rookies have like a negative box plus minus, but he's been really good. Um, he was great in his debut against the Hawks, um, my Hawks, unfortunately. Yeah, I've been really impressed with him. He's been awesome in like this off-ball role. Um, he's been great, and that's been awesome. Um, and I'm glad to see him perform that way because there was a lot of criticism about the Hornets taking him. Um, I, di I didn't love the pick because I was a big Scoot Henderson guy, and I thought a guy who had the potential to be a strong primary initiator, like a, a primary ball handler, um, you know, a strong on-ball creator was more valuable or could potentially provide more value than someone like Brandon Miller. Um, at least that's what I believe, and I thought that that was worth the number two overall pick um, more than someone like Miller. But still, I didn't think it was an awful pick, and I definitely saw an avenue where Miller could be better than Scoot Henderson. Um, and so it's nice to see him play well. So shout out to Brandon Miller. And now we've got to talk about someone I just mentioned, and that is Scoot Henderson. And listen, I think I've said this like two or three times on this podcast already. They've only played three games, max. Um, I'm looking, yeah, Scoot Henderson has only played three games, max. So we can't say too much about, about him, all right? But still, he's been bad. <laughs> like, and it's undeniable. He's been kind of garbage. I'm not going to lie. And it's kind of been tough to watch him play. But yeah, um, he's been he's been pretty bad to start off. And obviously, like, it doesn't mean much. It's only three games. But still, 
He's struggling. We've got to talk about it. We can't act like it's not happening. Um, the numbers are pretty terrible. He's averaging seven points, two rebounds, three assists. Um, he's also averaging four turnovers per game, um, shooting just 33.3% from the field, um, 8.3% from three-point range. Um, he is shooting 100% from the free throw line, but he hasn't taken a ton of free throws, so who cares about that? Um Obviously, the three-point uh, percentage is going to, you know, regress to the mean. Um, but, yeah, he hasn't been great to start the year. Um, he's got to play better. Um, and and it's not like the Trailblazers have a terrible team. Um, I don't think the team is amazing or anything, but it's not like he's surrounded by trash. They've got a solid group of players there. I think their roster's solid. Um, and they're not playing all that well right now. They're 0-3, but, like, look at this roster. You got DeAndre Ayton. Malcolm Brogdon, and I'm just going down the roster on ESPN. Um, you got Moses Brown, Jeremy Grant, um, Chris Murray, Shane Sharp, Anthony Simmons, or Anthony Simons, Matisse Feibel, Robert Williams III, Jabari Walker. I mean, that's a very solid roster. Um, it looks like they don't have a ton of shooting, um, so maybe like floor spacing is, is an issue with this team. But still, I, I kind of expected them to play better. Um, so far this season, and he hasn't, um, which is unfortunate. Um, he, his passing hasn't been what I thought it would be. I thought his his assist numbers would look better. Uh, the efficiency has has obviously been been pretty subpar, uh, which isn't surprising for a rookie. But um, all of that is why he's struggling, and hopefully he's able to bounce back and kind of play better moving forward. But yeah, it hasn't been great for him. Um, and the same can be said for Amen Thompson. And I'm going to be honest, I don't think I've watched much Ros- much Rockets basketball at all. Um, I did see their, their game against, was it the, I think it was the Spurs game that I watched. Um, and Amen Thompson was okay in that game. But overall, he hasn't been amazing. He's averaging just uh, seven points, uh, three rebounds, two assists, um, a game. about He's averaging like the same assist as he has turnovers. Um, his defensive production hasn't been great at all. Um, he, he's been fairly underwhelming in that department. And he's shooting just 42.1% from the field and just 20% from three-point range, which stinks. But yeah, he hasn't been great. Um, and he's not playing that much. He's only playing like 18 minutes per game because the Rockets already have two guards um, who have way more experience than him and um, Fred Van Fleet and Jalen Green. So he's coming off the bench. Like, like Skew Henderson, I hope that he's able to bounce back um, and have a strong rest of the season. And then we have Asura Thompson, who I talked about earlier. I don't want to talk about him too much more because I've already given my thoughts on him. He's been great. He's been one of the better rookies this year, and I've loved what I've seen from him. He's been great. And another guy that I want to mention um, who I want to talk about, who I mentioned earlier, is Derek Lively II, uh, the Maverick Center. He's been great. His advanced numbers are off the charts good. Um, he's averaging so far uh, through, I believe, yeah, uh, two games. He's averaging 13 points, six rebounds, um, a half, half an assist, and one block per game. And he's shooting 91.7% from the field. I saw someone posted the Mavericks net rating with him on the court versus their net rating with him off. And with him off the floor, 
their net rating is in the negatives, and with him on, their net rating is like plus 20. And obviously, that's a little bit, there's a lot of noise there because they've only played two games, but still, that's really, really good. Really, really impressive to see a guy, um, to see a rookie have that kind of an impact so early in their career. That's great. Um, and Derek Lively, I loved him. I loved him coming out. I had him as a top 10 player on my big board. And so far, that's looked like a great take. So glad to see that. Glad to see that he's playing so well for the Mavericks. And um, yeah, hopefully all these guys have a great rookie season. I want all these guys to succeed. Um, but yeah, that was a little rookie report card for some of the rookies in this year's draft. And yeah, that was uh, the first week of the season. That's pretty much all I have for this episode. I do want to do want to tell y'all about something special uh, I've got coming up later this week. Me and Thomas Smith. Uh, Thomas is my uh, a big, uh, one of my closest friends who comes on the podcast every so often. He's coming back on the podcast later this week, so we will have two episodes out this week. Later this week, we're going to talk a little bit of college football, a little bit of NFL. Um, so we got a lot to talk about, and I can't wait for that. So hope y'all are excited about that. And that's something that y'all can look forward to later this week. But that's all I've got for y'all today. I hope y'all enjoyed this episode. I know I enjoyed recording it, and I will see y'all next time.